We're talking about fighting today, the good, the bad, the honest take on marital fights, and how much marijuana can Mike Tyson really smoke? Welcome to the Grown Up With Kids <laughs> podcast. Thanks, Bob Barker. Anytime. <laughs> I'm David. I'm Rachel. How are you tonight? I'm good. Good. I think you should be on The Price is Right. Probably my favorite show growing up. Yeah. Game show. Yeah. Did, I mean, you love game shows in general. Yeah. My favorite 80s game show was... Let me guess. Let me guess. Mm-hmm. No Whammy, No Whammy. Yeah. Price, press Your Luck. Yes. Yeah. I know you. I really know you. There's a new version. I don't know how new it is because we found it on streaming somewhere. So maybe it's on now. Maybe it's not. It's uh, with password? Elizabeth Banks. No, no, no. Press Your Luck, oh, a new version of it. Yeah, we saw it in a hotel in some random city we stayed in over the summer. Is that where we saw it? Okay. Yeah. When yeah. We, yep. It was totally entertaining. Yeah, it was awesome. It was like there are a ton of rules in the game that I don't understand, yeah. but I love No Whammy, No Whammy. Yeah. That's pretty much the only rule. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that you don't want to whammy out. Yeah. Yeah, so um, si- since we're talking about the 80s, we're not going to get past oh, talking man. about th- this movie that you introduced me to this week, yes. Girls Just Want to Have Fun, Yes, which I literally had never heard of. I can't even I'd believe I'd never that. seen it. So, Am I alone in that? I mean, like, am I like a freak of nature I don't sixth know. grade girl? I had girl? to look up some information about it. <laughs> it came out in 1985, starred uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, Helen yep. Hunt. Yeah, big names. 14-year-old Shannon Doherty. Yes. Had a nice uh, nice role in there. A couple other people you might recognize but don't know their names, like uh, the guy from Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> but um, no, I've never seen this movie I thought you were joking when you first found it on Hulu, uh-huh. and then we watched ten minutes of it, and we're like, "We got to watch this later in the week when we have more time." Because I love it. I oh, mean, it's it was so like, endearing. It was everything about my childhood as like a girl growing up in the eighties and nineties. You know, like it had like the dance part. It had uh-huh. frizzy hair. It had like too much makeup. It had like yeah. tight, really jeans. crazy clothes. Yeah. Like the bad guy or woman, the sort of evil, rich, spoiled girl yeah. in the movie has literally a rotating closet, sort of like she has her own dry cleaner. Yeah. Except for it's, so it's like the poor girl's clueless. Yeah. yeah. Like. It's like mechanical really, yeah. metal, which is fantastic. But then Helen Hunt, who plays sort of the like lovable, but sort of irresponsible friend to yeah. Sarah Jessica Parker's main character. Yeah. Wears like some weird stuff. Like she has a hat with a bug on it at one point. Yeah, totally. Um, There's some other weird things going on. She at one point pulls off the sleeves of her Catholic schoolgirl shirt. Yeah, and then and turns says, it inside out. Says there's there's Velcro that she invented or put <laughs> yeah. on it. Yeah, um, she like loves Velcro. Yeah. Oh man, it is an. I want to know. I felt like I knew nine year old Rachel a little bit better yeah. watching that movie. Well, here's the what dancing, I'm, the clothing. Here's what I'm curious about: Is nine year old Rachel the only nine year old who was watching that movie, or we, like we watched it at like every slumber party when I was like nine, ten, eleven? You years just watched old. it over and over again. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. And then we would do dance moves and choreograph. I'm curious if anyone's listening if they also watched that. When they were young. Like, yeah. am I the only one that thought this was the most amazing movie ever? I, probably not the only one. <laughs> I was actually surprised that I looked up some reviews on it and it had, like, really low Rotten Tomatoes, which I think is bad. I never really remember the splats for Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> but 
but the Google reviews was like 93% people liked it. Oh, yeah. Which so means other people only watch people it. <laughs> rating it on Google are people who like went looking for that movie from their childhood. Yes. Because it's awesome. Um, it's great. There's a nun on a pummel horse at one point. <laughs> yes. Just fantastic. No real reason. Yeah. So, okay, here's the deal. If you're listening and you have watched Girls Just Want to Have Fun, please go to our Facebook page and tell us, because I'm curious, just total curiosity, if anyone has seen this before. Yeah. So that was the highlight of my week by far. Yeah. And if there are men who have seen it, like at slumber parties, I really want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I do want to know, but I won't make fun of you publicly. No. Just in private? Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> well, um, we're going to talk about a fight we had. Uh, Not super recently. We, we gave some breathing room to this. Yeah, like six months? No. It was 4th of July, so it was like two months. Okay. Um, we had a reasonably sized fight that was probably 80% my fault. So uh, 85 Okay, fair I'm enough. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so we're, gonna, we're not really going to talk about that. Like, the point wasn't who was right or who was wrong. I was wrong. Um, That's that. really humble of you to say. <laughs> no, I'm not even being falsely humble about it. Like, I was clearly wrong in this particular instance. It's maybe the second time in our marriage I was wrong. <laughs> uh, but I thought it was interesting as we were talking about it a week after we had the fight and kind of dissecting what was going on that evening that it was clear that we were both coming from sort of different motivations and our motivations were probably both equally good. Um, but they were misaligned and we didn't know neither of us had spoken what those motivations were. Yeah. Well, and I would, I would say that we didn't really like go in to this disagreement or like we didn't get into a fight because we knew that the other had something different on their mind. No, you know, like, no, we got in a fight because I was like mean and grumpy. That's why yeah. we got in the fight. But why I was mean and grumpy was motivated by one thing and why my grumpiness made you so angry other, right. instead of just being like, oh, whatever, um, was being driven by something else. And so I want to kind of dive into those things. Okay. So l- let's just give the, a brief of the fight. Okay. So I'm at home. I was out with one of our sons. Right. You come home yes. with that son. I'm grumpy to you. Yes. I'm grumpy to him. Yes. You get mad at me. When you get mad at me, that makes me grumpy. We get in a fight. That, yeah. That's essentially as much as that matters yeah. of the sort of the content of the fight, right? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, our underlying desires, though, were misaligned and they were both unspoken. And I think undiagnosed. Like I didn't realize exactly why I was grumpy in the moment. Uh, you might actually realized what was getting messed up. So let's talk a little bit about that. So for you, you had gone out with our younger son. He had kind of gone off on his own, which is a relatively new thing uh, for much of the night. And then you guys had come back together and had, we're having like a really good, I think conversation or connecting on some things. I mean, side note as a boy, Mm -hmm. mom, it feels relatively rare. You're not rare. a boy. You're a mom of boys. Right, as a mom of boys, <laughs> not a boy mom. I always feel like it's really hard to connect with them. And like anytime that I do, I'm like thrilled. Like, mm-hmm. because I don't like playing Legos. Well, no, no, no. I like playing Legos. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like playing ninja or wrestling or running races randomly in the backyard or finding random sticks and bringing them in the house. So yes. when my And as they get older, there's probably less overlap between what they like to do and what 
you really like to do. Yeah. And fair? so, well, as they get older, they also become more reasonable human beings and we get to connect. Like, right. So when they do talk to me, I'm like thrilled and overjoyed. So that's how I entered the house was like, oh my gosh, my son just opened up to me. He was really soft hearted and we're having this great conversation and he was willing to actually answer my questions. And then I walk in and you were grumpy with me. Yeah. And my grumpiness shut him down was what you observed and was true. Um, And I think that triggered some fear in you. So one is you have fear in general of our boys shutting down, which is kind of my go-to bad habit, for lack of a better term. Like, (laughs) I shut down. Hobby. (laughs) It's not a hobby. (laughs) I shut down um, emotionally or even vocally, and that's really frustrating and really distancing between us. Yes. And so you're worried that our kids will grow into that habit. Yeah. Um, And so that triggered a fear of like, oh, I thought I was in this moment where things were going well, and then it got shut down because of me and my bad attitude. And then it also, I think, just triggered part of that fear of shutting down grows as he gets older and he's getting more freedom and wanting to connect. And in some ways, we're connecting better, like you said, because he's reasonable. And as they get older, they're thoughtful, more logical, more ability to uh, identify their feelings and and talk about them. But I think him being shut down sort of triggered this, oh, I'm afraid of that happening over and over again. And I'm afraid as he gets older, he just won't talk to us. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I became afraid and, and I think you were, um, so my <laughs> yeah, kind of motivating desire was that, well, so full disclosure, we're late to everything. Is that fair? Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> everything. And, and hands pe- down. We may have said this before, like people like to say, oh, you have three kids. Of course you're late. But we were late before we had kids. Yeah, always We'll be late, late after they go off to college. Like we're just late. And yep. I'm really working on that individually. And I r- was really in a place where I was trying to get better at our mornings going more smoothly. And so I was thinking about the next morning and how I wanted it to be peaceful. And I wanted to be well rested personally. Um, and I wanted to have a bunch of stuff done before I went to bed that I hadn't gotten done. So I'm... Th- thinking you guys are coming home kind of late and I'm sort of a little bit frustrated about that without again, communicating anything to you right? because I want them next morning to go well. And generally it doesn't go well because you and I stay up too late right. and then we're behind schedule. But then really under that was, I always think I can get more stuff done when you're gone. <laughs> and then I get really angry at myself that I don't get that much done Sometimes because I'm putzing around, sometimes because I run out of time, sometimes because the other kids need something and, you know, it just eats up the time. Yeah. But it always ends up with sort of a certain amount of self-loathing, like, oh, I'm not diligent enough if I was smarter or faster or more efficient. Right. And then that self-loathing when you walk in the door is just pointed right at you. Yeah, <laughs> So it just perfect. becomes loathing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I already feel loathed by everyone. Like, that's my worst fear. Yeah. Is, so like, it, people not liking me. It plays on, and my, maybe my worst fear, I have many fears, but one fear is not being competent or, you know, not being as, I think, being wasteful of what I've been given or what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Um, and so when I feel like I wasted my time, you walk in and I'm just just angry. And so that was sort of why I was angry. It wasn't a good reason, as I said earlier. Um, right. And then that triggered all the things I think that were going on with you and your connection with our oldest. Absolutely. I totally agree. I think, yeah, 
I think what, like, looking back on that, I feel, I just feel like we could have talked about it. <laughs> like, yeah, it's overrated, though. I, <laughs> <laughs> don't you feel like when we look back at our fights, like, I wouldn't say that we fight a ton, but like, when we oh, look. Oh, that's interesting. You don't, you think we do? Well, I was, as we were kind of prepping this, or I was prepping this on my own and thinking about, uh, one of the things that came to mind is I feel like we fight in front of our kids pretty regularly, and I think more than average. Oh, dear. Well, I'm not sure it's a bad thing. Oh, dear. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, well, so you come from a background where your parents rarely, if ever, fought in front of you. Yep. I came from a background where um, there was a fair amount of fighting in public, quote unquote, in front of the family. Yeah. Um, uh, so I'm not, and I'm not actually pro fighting in front of the kids, but I do feel like some proportion of the time we do a good job of sort of fighting and them seeing that and either resolving it or throughout it reaffirming that we're committed to each other and that this is a good process to go through. Yes. Which I think is healthy for kids to see. Yeah, I um, think so too. But I do think that if it gets like volatile or violent, yeah, verbally violent, I mean, verbally like loud, loud, or saying things about each other that are disrespectful or unkind, like I just think there's no place for that in front of the kids. Yeah, there's no place for that, but behind the kids. Yeah, <laughs> I mean when they're not around. I agree, but I mean, um, truth be told, like I would love to sit here and podcast and be like. Here's how we fight. It's lovely. Like yeah. we solve all our problems by talking things through and setting expectations appropriately. Yeah. If anyone can't tell, that's her not true <laughs> voice. This is not how we live. That's my game show voice. That's if I What's were playing No Whammy. If I played No Whammy, I'd be like, No Press Whammy, No Whammy, No Whammy. <laughs> oh, I got a Whammy. <laughs> exactly. And I'd be like dropping the f bomb with that Whammy. Right. Yeah, you would. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Which is your so, favorite thing that I do. So I would love to sit here. And be like, here are the steps to have healthy, productive fights and ways to get them away from your kids. Um, but the truth is that we do fight and it mm -hmm. does come out in front of the kids. And sometimes it's about the kids or they've pushed us to a fight. Like, <laughs> Yeah, or it's the burden of parenting and work and yeah. neighbors and friends and all this other yeah, stuff. Yeah, I wouldn't and necessarily then, say it's about the kids. Marriage, but and marriage, but we take it out on each other. Exactly. It's just a lot of pressure. And mm -hmm. I mean, among our friends, I would say that's accurate among all of us. Like, right. we all are having disagreements. We don't know anyone who doesn't fight. Right. So I can't sit here and say we never fight. Um, and I can't sit here and say we do it really well every single time. What I, no, we've had some, some We've had some fights. doozies. Um, mostly what, when we move into a new house. Both, both of our houses, yeah. We definitely had huge fights within the week. Yeah. There's a lot of stress, a lot of work Yeah, to move into a house. And so it leads to things like that. Um, I would say this is not necessarily what we were going to talk about, but I think uh, sure. worth noting two things that have really worked out well for us is one, we're pretty resolved not to go to bed angry. There's been a few cases where we either go to bed angry or get pretty close to going to bed angry, yeah. but generally... That has been a good rule. Can um, you tell me coming from the husband's perspective? Because I think women talk about this or uh -huh. like we just rarely hear from fathers and husbands. What is it in you like what needs to happen to make that rule work? Um, 
I don't know if this is going to sound right because I haven't really thought it through, but essentially I just have to commit to that even when it's like highly inconvenient. <laughs> like a lot of our fights happen after nine or 10 o'clock at night. When we're tired. Many times. Well, that's not even the driving force, but maybe that's what <clears throat> breaks the candles back, as they say. Um, and they're often on work nights slash school nights. Uh, and so, but I think, so there've been many times where we're fighting and I'm like, in the back of my head, I'm like, I'm so angry because now I know I'm not going to sleep very much tonight because we're, it's going to take us 30, 40, 50 minutes to get through this. Right. And it's going to be midnight and I'm going to be up at 6.30 or 7 or let's be honest, 7.30 <laughs> whenever I get up. So, but there's a sense in which it's a non-negotiable, like, I don't think I've ever been like, hey, we're not going to have this conversation now because I'm just too tired. I'm not saying you can't. Right. I think some people really have better sleep schedules than I do and than mm-hmm. you do. Like we mm-hmm. are not good at being super disciplined. But the plus is, of it is when we get into a situation where we need to stay up because we're fighting or for a good reason, like we can just do it. Yeah. Um, but I think that has made the difference of instead of being like, well, sorry, it's 10 five. We're not gonna have this conversation now because I'm tired. We just do it. Um, and sometimes I feel like it's against my will and in some ways it makes me angrier at first. And then as we work through it, but I still think it's better because here's the thing is, uh, I tend to lean towards avoiding conflict. And if we didn't fight before we went to bed, like if we were mad at nine 30 and we decided not to fight, I would wake up and sort of forget about the fight, but it would just have stewed in me. And then three months later, I would blow up at you adding up all these things that I was mad about. Right. And I would feel totally disregarded and forgotten. Yeah. And so it just wouldn't work. So I I think that's, um, that's been a big one for us. And I think it is Mm -hmm. just deciding like, we're just going to fight even when it's inconvenient. And that's even meant we fight in front of people sometimes, usually really good friends. Yeah. But, um, I know that we fight sometimes and I'm like, this is kind of embarrassing, but I just don't want to not get through it. Yeah. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that's right, but it's been good for us. I'm sure and <laughs> we had a dinner, this is a couple months ago now, but in front of some good friends. And I know you were pretty angry because we were sort of fighting in front of them. Yes. Uh, but I felt better that we did it then instead Ugh, of I did r- ruining the whole dinner because <laughs> I would have just stewed and glared at you a lot, which is not the right thing to do, but that's what I would have done. Right. Yeah. I find one of the most helpful things like from, from a girl who just like, if one thing goes wrong, like the chaos in my head is really hard to put a pin in and like stop it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that when you're, can you define what you mean by that chaos? Like just you're swirling with maybe he thinks this or maybe he's yes. angry at that or maybe I'm angry about this or this or that. or Yeah, maybe he... like all the scenarios mm-hmm. all at one time. It's like I live in this big circular room with all of these things. And then also, so all these ideas about what has gone wrong and what I might have done to make you angry, um, but also all the things that you've done that make me angry and then all the things that are going on in our regular life about what I need to get done for the kids, what I need to get done for my job, like what we, like just regular life. So if you... And that's all just swirling. That's always swirling. Like all of those things are held up at about the same time. It's very hard for me to compartmentalize. And so one of the most helpful things that has happened in our fighting and in our marriage is um, when you're able to say sort of in, in one way, shape or form or another to say... I want to put a pin in it. Like I want to stop all of the swirling. 
Like I want, hmm. I want to define what's going on. Let's take a step back and fi- figure out what we're actually fighting about. Because I will bring up all kinds of crap. Because it's like at the, it's swirling right there. Why wouldn't I just spit yeah. it out? You know, swirling is a good word because I do feel like sometimes fighting with you is somewhat circular. It's a little swirly. It's circular. Yeah, yeah. and. I used to think you were manipulating me, but I think the more I know you, the more what you just described makes sense, which is you're not intentionally being circular. It's just a lot of stuff is swirling around. Right. And so we kind of end up in a circle. And to your point, I'm pretty logical and linear. And so I can maybe help unwrap that circle. Right. um, But only when I'm being thoughtful and caring and gentle, which is not a given, as you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and I would say, like, as a, as a wife, I feel like that's what I want husbands to hear, that if you can just tell your wife, I'm on your team, like, I want to know, like, what we're fighting about, where this is going, instead of, like, being defensive and being like, well, you do this and you do that, like maybe just receive her swirliness for a minute and say, mm-hmm. I'm on your team. I'm still angry. Doesn't dismiss that. Yeah. But I'm on your team is a big deal. Yeah. Another thing. And another thing. Well, it's helpful for me when I'm able to see that you're hurt as opposed to you being angry. That's a really big deal in our fights. Um, I mean, like we only recently learned that. Yeah. I think it, plays into I don't want to be blamed (laughs) but I like helping you and so if I feel like you're hurt I can enter into that less defensively than if I feel like you're angry and sometimes you're angry for good reason yeah but sometimes you're just angry because you've been hurt either by me or elsewhere yeah and it's just helpful you don't need to deny your anger but it's just helpful to know oh I'm angry because you hurt me and it's like oh okay I can see that Yeah, usually I'm angry because I'm hurt or I'm afraid. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm afraid that you won't pay attention or that I will be forgotten. Those are typical. Or I'm really just sad about a situation. Yeah. I think one thing that helps me in our fights is if I can picture you as an eight-year-old boy. Really? Yeah, it's weird. (laughs) No, but if I can think of you as, like, our kid's age and, like, just trying to be pleasing or like working really hard or overtime in something or just like seeing that you are doing your best. If I can picture you in that way, I have more compassion. Yeah. You are for whatever reason, tempted and prone to believing that my intent is to hurt you. Yeah. And when you are able to move past that and just realize that I did hurt you just because I'm not perfect. And sometimes I'm Wait, a jerk. What? But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but almost always I'm not intentionally trying to hurt you or demean you or punish you. Right. But that's kind of where you start is, oh, you did this. I feel hurt. You must have wanted to hurt me. And you've and wanted so now, to do it for now, years. And now I will get vengeance. Yeah. But when and you unravel that a little bit, you're like, oh, okay, you did hurt me. And we can process through that, but I don't have to cut off your leg for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or other parts. And so the flip side of that <laughs> is me seeing, oh, you are hurt and legitimately hurt. 
And so I can listen and hold that and be with you in that without having to defend myself. Yes. That's another really big deal is being with me in it. Like when I'm frustrated, like I think this comes up a lot with um, being a mom, like being a mom is hard. Like, and I don't know if it's hard for everyone or just me, but there are aspects of being... <laughs> you know it's not just you. Well, I, I know, but there are aspects of being a mom where I'm like, man, this just sucks. Like, yeah. it is humbling. It's full of surrender, yada, yada. It's mm-hmm. hard. And sometimes your tendency, if it's hard, is to say, well, maybe we need to, like, change what we're doing. Or mm-hmm. maybe you need to change your attitude. Or maybe, like, there are all these sort of, like, recommendations or these fix-its. Mm-hmm. But the truth is that it is hard, which doesn't necessarily mean that I'm not supposed to be doing it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not supposed to just bail on motherhood because it's hard. Right. But what I do really want from you, and I think I dare say most women really want, is for their husband to be with them and to say, I see this is really hard mm-hmm. and that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not crazy. This is hard. But it doesn't mean you, like, check out or we fix it. It just means, like, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah, and my nature of feeling blamed is to think, oh, you're saying this is hard because it's my fault. Right. Which is not what you're trying to communicate. Well, I mean, you did help make the babies. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So awkward. And I hope uh, my mom doesn't listen to this. Yeah. I I think that I wish I'd known and I wish now that I could know in the moment when we're fighting that one, um, I can't avoid your anger. Like that's not a good goal because then <laughs> Cause I just it is so big. No, no, no. no. Just like <laughs> everyone gets angry about things, and right. there's some part of me that's like, well, maybe I can just appease her forever, and she'll never get angry. Mm. And then two is so not being upset when you get angry or, or surprised or concerned that I've somehow messed up beyond repair. And then two really entering into that faster and being less defensive and Mm -hmm. seeking to actually understand what's going on. Cause often you're angry about things that, like you said, I can't fix. Um, and maybe, and you don't even want fixed, but you just need someone to listen. And some of it will be about me and some will be about other things in your life or other people. Mm -hmm. Um, but equally willing to hear and, and sit in whether it's my fault or someone else's fault or just the way life works. Right. So, so. like if there are expectations when I walk in the door, like your self expectations, like those things would help. Next yeah. Time. I mean, the things I had jotted down earlier were that I need to have grace for myself in that particular instance, like yeah. grace for how much I really can get done or what I should expect of myself. And if I did that in other areas of my life, I would be less on edge and less likely to snap, less likely to sort of blow up at you mm-hmm. because I'm sort of processing or holding in this anger at myself. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes a lot do of less sense. of that is what I'm saying. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and <laughs> this is sort of semi related, but we had a conversation shortly after this fight where you essentially said, I want you to be happy to see me. And so I've just decided to do that. 
right? Like, <laughs> And it has helped a ton. Yeah, I just decided when you walk in the door, even if I'm in the middle of something, my first reaction needs to be, I'm happy to see you. Yeah. And that and, and you, not like not like I'm happy to see you. But like you've been genuinely happy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, at least smile. Like even if I don't yeah. like even if there's part of me that's like, "Oh, I'm in the middle of something." I feel like being happy to see you has allowed me then to be like, "Hey, I need 10 more minutes." And you're like, "Okay." Yes. Which you always would have done, but for some reason I thought I had to be like done when you walked in the door. Right. Um, but I think that's changing how, uh, I think I often am unwilling or afraid to show that I'm happy to see people. Cause I think it's like a sign of weakness or something. Uh, and so I'm yeah. working on that in all areas of my life. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. We should podcast people seem about to like that. It. I'm curious. Yes, absolutely. People like you. Yeah. Gosh, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> people like me. They do. You're I such reach. a great guy. Uh, before we go, yeah, I got a good, <gasps> I got a good stat of the week I for can't you. Wait. It has nothing to do with parenting, but we were talking about fighting, so it has something to do with fighting. Oh man, you know when I was looking at these notes, the show notes, I was so tempted to click on your little link, but I didn't. So yeah. I'm gonna be surprised with everyone else. So let's do it. The okay. stat of the week. Stat of the week. All right, so uh, it's about fighting, so I'm going to give you a hint. Okay. I'm going to give you a boxer's name, and I'm going to give you a number. Oh, good. I thought we were going to do, like, divorce rates or something no, like that. That's no, good. Not, not that dark. A boxer's name, Mike yeah. Tyson. You know who Mike Tyson is? Yeah, like, bit a guy's ear off or yeah, something. Yeah, there you go. He Thanks, was in The Hangover. Yeah. He okay. was, like, the greatest boxer of my childhood, 1980s. Yes. Yeah. It was amazing. Um, all right, the number is 40,000. Do you have any idea what... Mike Tyson has to do with 40,000. Oh, man. Is it like 40,000 punches to the face <laughs> that he either gave or received? Uh, it is not. Um, it's actually $40,000. I'll give you that hint. 40, um, and it is money he spends to deal with some of those punches he took to the face. $40,000 of for his tattoo on his face? No. Is it of plastic surgery? No. Oh man, is it to replace a guy's Think ear? Of your home state and what people like Colorado, to do there now. Get high. He spends forty thousand dollars a year on pot. So he spends forty thousand dollars a month. <gasps> Shut up. Yeah, well, well it's I probably into, really high grade weed. Well, so here's the deal: he owns Tyson Farms in California, and uh-huh. it, they make high end marijuana. Yep. Full disclosure: you and I have never smoked weed. Although we talk about it. Yeah, well, it doesn't we just, mean we, have, we, we don't want it. to. <laughs> I mean, I grew up in Denver, for goodness sake. How did I get out of there without it? was without illegal it? when you were a kid. But, yeah, that's true. Um, so his company apparently goes through about $40,000 worth of marijuana that they use for promotional purposes, like giveaways and things like that. Yeah. And about 15000 of that is smoked by employees. Whoa. And the, I read this. This is just genius. They apparently give all their employees marijuana during the day while they work <laughs> because they want them to be like laid back and cool. But also because people come to work earlier and stay longer because there's free marijuana oh my there. Gosh, that's brilliant. <laughs> that's so, really smart. Yeah. So it's $15,000 worth that, that actually gets smoked by people who work there. That's $15,000 a month. A month. Okay. So here's my question for you. Is there anything realistically, like obviously we could buy a ginormous house that we would never use or whatever, or a yacht that we would never use, but like anything in our real life that you could actually 
figure out how to spend $15,000 on in a month. Like I can't imagine how to do that with food. Like you'd have to eat really high end or just waste a ton of it. Shoes. You could spend $15,000 on shoes. Oh yeah. Do you know how much shoes I don't, can be? Clearly. So you could buy a pair for like a thousand bucks. So I could and easily. buy 15 a month. So that's what like. It's a ton. Almost 200 a year. I could spend 15,000 on clothes and shoes. Every month. Yeah. That's heck impressive. yeah. That's impressive. Oh, heck yeah, I could. Uh, but that's about it. Yeah. Think. There's not a lot. Yeah, I mean. That's a I lot. I mean, I could find things to spend that's 15 what, grand like, on, but is, it would be really hard. Well, it wouldn't be that hard for me to spend <laughs> that much money on clothes and shoes. And I'm not even like a prissy girl. I just love, like, I love buying things. You like the act of shopping, like trying I things love, on. It's like one of the most relaxing things forever for, yeah. for me. Yeah. Well, speaking of relaxing, 40 grand in marijuana. Yep. Mike Tyson. Man, that what a life. Rachel, as always, thanks for working on the farm. The weed farm? <laughs> nope. Just, That's so fitting. Just a cotton or whatever. Some wheat. sort of farm. <laughs> Your family grows wheat and uh, cattle, right? Yes. And soy. So thanks for working on the cattle farm. And the soy farm. And the pot farm. Love Check you. Check yeah.